This is obviously a really exciting time of the year, and uh, you pro- this is probably a familiar scene where you actually you get a, a gift, right? Now, I'm not sure with, uh, with Pastor Matt uh, if I would go public on such a gift um, with a little mirror in the shower sort of deal there, but Matt, no shame. He feels very comfortable in his own skin, obviously, and he can tell the world about it. Okay, I, I don't know, but anyway, I, so I'm really interested. You know, it's, it's great when you get a, a gift. I mean, it tells you that someone was thinking about you. There's, there's thought that when, it is, uh, when we give gifts, it tells you you're special to me, or I was thinking of you, or I wanted to know you to know that I love you. And sometimes people make gifts, they bake something, or maybe they sew or crochet something. But a gift tells us that we're receiving something special. We just, we just something about gifts, they build anticipation. At least that is for me. I mean... Every time I get a gift, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is inside, and there's just this anticipation of, of opening it and seeing and getting and receiving something. Uh, this year, my wife did this 12 days of Christmas, and, like, I was the recipient of it. And I just, I could not wait to find, you know, what it might be. And, like, you know, one time I was, like, getting in my car, and it's a little tight in my garage between my lawnmower and my little door. You know, I'm trying to slide in, and I have this little art thing that I, it's, I don't go public on. Except today, and I slid in there, and I, I feel this crunch, right? Okay, and so there was one of my gifts for the 12 days of Christmas. But fortunately, it was peanut butter brittle. Okay, so I was in, I was oh, supposed to be broken up anyway, you know. So okay, good deal. But there's just something about gifts that we just love them and receive them, and and Christmas really is a, a celebration, of, the gift. Now, when you get to receive a Bible, you know the Bible, the gift of God's word always is meant to take us to the gift of God's Son. And that's why God has given us his word to draw our attention and our focus upon the hope and the joy of the world. And that is God himself specifically revealed in Jesus, the eternal Son of God, the Messiah. Now, I don't know if you noticed this last night, but um, when Shane during our Christmas Eve service, he read from Matthew chapter 2. And if you were listening, uh, he made a rather interesting statement. He, when he was reading it, it said that the wise men, they came, and they came into Jerusalem, and the member of their question was, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus merely God's gift to his chosen people, the, the Jewish nation. I mean, is Christmas really for us? Are we just kind of tagging along? Or, or was God specifically thinking about you and me? For the most part, most of us are of non-Jewish descent. Is Christmas for us or is it not? Has the Christ of Christmas really come for me? Well, if you've ever received the gift of God's word, let me just tell you, God makes an announcement, joy to the world. You want to find it? Turn to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 is one of the amazing gifts of Christmas. And in Romans chapter 15, we're going to find out that indeed Christmas is not only for those who are of Jewish descent. God was specifically thinking of Gentiles non-Jewish people or non-people of non-Jewish descent on Christmas. 
And it begins in chapter 15 in verse 10. He begins with a series of quotations from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew scriptures. And in Romans 15, verse 10, he says, again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. He tell, he's actually reading a quote from Deuteronomy 32, verse 43. Now, if you were a student of the Hebrew scriptures, and if you were of Jewish descent, then this quote would actually be very familiar to you. It's found at the end of what is known as the Song of Moses. And the Song of Moses, uh, God has Moses write down a history of the people of Israel, the mistakes they made, their rebellion, and how God brings peace and joy to them. And you know what the very last verse of the Song of Moses is? This verse, where he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Even when God takes the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, takes them through the experience of the Red Sea, and he starts leading them on this journey to the promised land, the Song of Moses ends with this great promise that the Gentiles, they will rejoice with his people. And then in verse 11, he gives another quote from the Old Testament, this time from Psalm 117, verse 1. And he says, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, Ephmos, all you non-Jewish people. He says, and let all the peoples praise him. I mean, this must have been rather staggering for the Jewish people to find time and time again that when they would read through the, their scriptures, they would actually see references that their God, the God that chose them, also was going to choose Gentiles. That he was going to be not just a God of a particular people, the particular people of the Jewish nation, but a God for all the people. He is the one true creator God, and he has made all people. And he says, the Gentiles, they'll rejoice. They will praise the Lord. All the Gentiles, let all the people praise him. And then he gives, that's from Psalm 117, verse 1, just a short little psalm. And then Isaiah, the great prophet that wrote so much about the coming Messiah, whom we celebrate today. He says in verse 12, and again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles hope. And here he's quoting from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 10, where Isaiah specifically states that this coming Messiah, this one from the root of Jesse, David's father, his name is Jesse. And so from the family line of Jesse comes David. And David was given a promise in 2 Samuel that you will have a son and he will be an eternal king and he will reign forever. Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he picks up on that and he says, from the root of Jesse, the Gentiles will find their hope. Do you know this, that on Christmas, God was specifically planning and designing and sending his son for you, both Jew and Gentile alike. And Isaiah emphasizes that the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, they're going to share in the joy and the hope of knowing the one true God. And so he says, listen, Romans spells out that he's not only a God for the Jewish people, but he's a God for the non-Jewish people. He has come to send a savior for all who will turn from their sin and trust Jesus. And that's what the book of Romans is. 
It is the most developed, expanded treatise of the gospel to help you understand the fullness and the breadth of God's love, his mercy, his sovereignty and his grace. He spells out in great detail the coming of Jesus and how great it is to know him, the hope of the world. There he says in Romans 6:23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, friends, this Christmas, I would like your celebration just to be infused with the awe and the wonder that God sent his Savior specifically for you. Not just people in general, for you specifically. And look at Romans 15, verse 13. In light of this magnificent truth, he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope. Isn't that awesome? That What a designation for God. He is the God of hope, of possibility, of the utmost joy. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. God wants you, once you have come to his son, to experience joy in this life. And joy comes from knowing that God is the giver of all good things. When you know Christ and you fully realize and understand that God has given you everything in your life, from the clothes that you wear, from your jobs, to your friends, to your church, to even the very breath that you actually breathe, what it does, it fills us with joy. We actually live life as it was intended a life of worship and awe and joy because God is the giver of all good things. He fills us with joy. And the Jews, when they would receive gifts, when they like harvest, when they had food to eat, when they'd be able to go to the temple to worship, they were filled with joy because they realized that God gave us these things. And God not only gives us material things, God actually gives us himself. The beauty and the wonder of Jesus is that when we believe in him, we are actually sealed with his Holy Spirit. We are filled with his presence. And from within, because Christ lives within us, we can have the experience of joy in our life. Joy even when we face trials and difficulties. Don't confuse happiness and joy. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is when you get uh, a particular little mirror that fits into your shower and doesn't fog over, okay? That's happiness, but it's fleeting, okay? I know Matt's really excited about it, but it's fleeting. But joy is sustaining. Irrespective of the difficulties and circumstances, our joy is rooted in God himself. We're united with him. We have a certain confidence. And so he says, may the God of hope fill you with joy. I know that in this room, in our auditorium today, we have people that are hurting, suffering, who have gone through real hardship, brokenness. There are people that have diseases. But you know what? We have joy. We have joy in the midst of sorrow because we have Jesus. And he says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Did you see that in verse 13? God wants his people to experience his peace. Peace comes from Knowing God and trusting him. Peace is not just the absence of conflict. It is the actual presence of God. And what it does is it, it puts our soul at a settled state. And so whether before you hit panic, when you're in the midst of panic, or after you're kind of coming out of it, 
God wants you to draw your attention upon him so that you might be able to say it is well with my soul. Whether it be joyous celebrations like this Christmas service. Or it might be some of the most difficult times of your life, whether you live with plenty or you have hardly anything, you can have peace, the peace of God. It's peace with God because God has satisfied God has sent Jesus to satisfy his justice. He's paid the full penalty for your sins. You are forgiven if you will trust Jesus. But he gives us the peace of God, that sense of wellness in our soul as we go through life. Whether we have uncertainty or things seem to be going pretty smooth. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That is so key. You know where this joy and peace is found? It's found when we exercise faith, when we place our faith, when we believe in Christ. So he says, so that you're so that you will abound in hope, that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope in a biblical sense, when we say I hope, it's like, well, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. And there, we don't know if it will or not, but it's just kind of like it'd be nice. But when the Bible uses hope, it speaks of an absolute certainty. Like it says in Hebrews, it is an anchor of the soul. When God gives us hope, he gives us absolute certainty. You and I can live very differently than the rest of the world because we have a certain hope. For instance, we have the hope that there is more to this life than just being here. That when we pass from this life, we pass into the presence of God himself and we will live eternity with him. It'll be an awesome worship, wonder, opportunities to serve. It'll be a continual state of awe because we have the certain hope that we who believe in Christ will always be with him. But let me tell you something else about hope. We also have the hope that we're going to have the experience that God is going to change us from the inside out because his spirit now dwells within us. And he will bring about changes in our life. It is a process, a process called sanctification. But God leads us as we grow in our relationship with him. He brings about changes. He confronts wrong attitudes or behavior, language, things that are coming from our mouth, thoughts that we're having. You see, we start to realize we're a holy people. We're set apart for God's possession. And he brings about change and he actually empowers this change to happen. By the very gift of the Spirit of God, whom he's actually placed in your life, so that you experience the joy and the peace of believing, and that you will abound in hope. You know, hope changes everything. Hope changes how we approach our trials. We know that our trials are not the end, but that God is actually working his ends as we go through them. We have hope because we realize that even though our outer man is decaying, we know that Innered, we're being renewed day by day. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Hope allows us to be honest with ourselves and others because life has been settled. We're united with Christ. Hope stimulates our love and our faith. There is a reason why we'd want to reach out with the good news. There's a reason why we want to care for whether the poor or our neighbors or to extend love because we have hope. Hope allows us to have a positive attitude and to experience joy 
even when going through suffering. Remember what Peter wrote? He said, sanctify Christ as Lord of your hearts, always being ready to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. The idea is this. Because we have received the Christ of Christmas, we live differently. And when people see that we're going through these difficulties and these hardships, and yet we still have an unwavering faith in Christ, and we have a joy and a hope, the idea is that there are people are going to go, what is it with you? What, what are you smiling about? Why are you even standing? Why are you still believing in God? Look at your circumstances and your difficulty. It is at that point we can tell them of the hope of Jesus, the gift of Christmas, Christ himself. And God wants us to be living daily with just this overflowing sense of joy, peace, and hope. It is rooted in believing in Christ. Now, if you're saying, poor Grant, that sounds real good. I'd, I would like to, to live like that. I can tell you there's a lot of my days where I'm not sure my day is categorized by joy, peace, and hope. Right? But we, we would like that. And we read that. And especially on Christmas morning. We believe this. But how can that be a reality for you and me? How could this Christmas change it all for us? It would be the best Christmas yet. Well, the answer is found right there in the text. Let me just tell you how you can experience the joy and the peace and the hope of knowing Christ all year long. First of all, joyfully yield to his reign in your life. You may have missed it, but do you see in verse 12? He says, again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse and he will arise to what? What does it say? To rule over the Gentiles and in him the Gentiles will hope. You have to joyfully yield yourself and submit to the reign of Jesus in your life. You call him Lord and you mean it, meaning he's master God. And you joyfully say, I am yours. There's something so totally freeing just to fully release yourself to him, saying, Lord, I am yours. My family is yours. I want what you want. My business, my classwork, where I'm at in this life, I want to be your man or I want to be your woman. If you want to experience joy, it comes from yielding and submitting to the headship of Jesus Christ to allow him to reign in your hearts. And and that's what he wants. He wants us to experience joy, hope, and peace. How will you do that? For me, I have to regularly, at least daily, submit to his lordship. Call him Lord and say, I want to follow you. Let me also tell you then the second aspect or the second essential to experiencing God's joy, hope, and peace, not only on Christmas, but throughout the year. And that is to be filled with his presence in your heart. 1513. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to experience his fullness. And so we gladly, to be filled is to just yield ourselves and to say, Lord, fill me with you. It takes time. You can't really rush through it. I mean, yes, I have a lot of 10-second prayers in my life, but to experience this, this filling, it generally takes at least a minute or two of just being quiet before him. 
whether you're on your knees or in a favorite chair, having his word open and just simply talking to him and saying, Lord, fill me with you that I might radiate and reflect your love and your life to the people I come in contact with today. See, the gift of God's word, do you know what it does? The gift of God's word always points us to the gift of God's son. That is why reading the word and spending time in the scriptures is not really an option for the Christians because man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the word of God, what it does is it always takes us to the presence of God because it focuses us on Jesus. So really, did you want this to be the best Christmas yet? Let me tell you, the gift of God's word always takes us to the gift of his son. And God wants us to be opening the gift of his word, not just once or every once in a while, but daily, daily. Now, some people, when they receive presents, they just tear into them, right? Others, and it seems like as you get older, you become more refined and you open it a little carefully and get the, the knife out, you know, like you wouldn't tear the paper as if you're going to save it or something. But I don't know. But anyway, but whatever way, you still have to get into the gift, don't you? Well, I just have a question. Does, does anybody, would, would anybody like to receive a, a gift this Christmas? I, I happen to notice there's, there's some gifts up here. How about that? Look at this. Ah, uh, wow. All right. Hey, look at, I wonder if these are all, for, well, let, let me just ask, is, did anybody not receive a gift yet this Christmas? I, I mean, please, you know, we're all friends and family. Did anybody not receive a gift yet? You didn't receive a gift yet? Really? Okay. Well, let me be the first to give you one. Can you open it up for us? Yeah. You open it up here. I'm going to grab something here. Don't worry. I'm not going to make you sing if you're thinking, uh-oh. Special music time, huh? But, okay. Look at that. You got a both of your hair. Wow, two in one gift. All right. What do you have? Oh, that's okay. You're, you're totally fine. What do you have? A book. What kind of book is it? Why don't you open it up right here where it's got a, got a little tab? Why don't you open it up right there? In fact, you could, in fact, you could even read that. What, is, what does that say? In fact, you could just even read it for us. Yeah. Well, you could just read it right there. Just read that. We love because he first loved us. We love. Let me see if I got that right here. Uh, yeah, it's on. It says we love because he first loved us. You know what? The gift of God's word always takes us to the gift of his son. You can keep that. In fact, if you'd like to get your name engraved on it, there's a little card for you to do that at Mardell. Anybody else like to receive? You're welcome. A gift this Christmas. Would you, would you like to see one, young lady? Okay, well, why don't you open it up? Well, you know me, spent all night wrapping those gifts. I could never wrap a gift like that. My kids were giving me a bad time about how bad my wrapping job is. What, why, don't you, why don't you read that for us? Let us draw near with a sense 
having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Wow. Isn't that awesome? God brings renewal to our life. He makes us new. Even our conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Does anybody else like to receive a gift this Christmas? Well, I think you're going to share with your sister there. All right. Okay, look at all these folks over here. They get nervous. They're sitting on their hands. How many of you? Oh, don't look at your watch there. Okay. Oh, come on. Anybody over here like to? Did everybody get a gift? Who didn't get a gift? All right. Let's. Okay, young man. I have to make my way here. Excuse me. All right. All right. Excuse me. Okay. Can you open that up? Looks like you've done that before. All right. How about that? You guys are pretty fast. You're catching on here. All right. All right. Why don't you read that up and why don't you just read that tab right there? Matt. 11:28 Come to me and all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Matt 11:29 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me and for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Awesome. And finally Matt 11:30 For my yoke is easy and I and my burden is light. Outstanding. You see that? The gift of God's word. It always takes us to the gift of God's son. Okay, I have two more gifts. Would anybody else like to have a gift this Christmas? We have one right here. Ooh, we have someone that has traveled halfway around the world to be with us. All right? Tell us your name and where you're from. Okay, for us. My name is Julian. I come from Uganda, Africa. We are so glad that you're with us. Here, I'll hold that for you while you're opening your gift. Hebrews 13.5 Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I'll never desert you, nor will I forsake you. Isn't that awesome? The Lord will never leave us. He is always with us. Excellent. I have one more gift. Is there someone else that would like to receive a gift this Christmas? Otherwise, I'm going to have to pick someone. All right. Well, there. I would like to give this to you. Yes. Well, you've done that before. How did you do that? Nice. Well, I had some help. Let's put it that way. All right. We have some ladies in the office that know how to, to wrap paper and gifts and things like that. So. You think you could read that? Um, don't have one. You don't have your glasses? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll read it for you. Okay. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Friends, the gift of God's word always takes us to the gift of God's son. And that's what the gift of Christmas is. The gift of Christmas and the joy of Christmas comes from knowing Jesus the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just this joyous Christmas celebration. To be able to just come and to gather together as friends and family members from around the world just to worship and to praise you. And thank you so much for the scriptures 
that give us clarity and understanding and fill us with joy and peace and hope through the power of your Spirit as we realize that Jesus, the King of the Jews, is also the King of our lives. Lord, I pray that this Christmas you would settle it in our heart to just simply trust in your Son with all things, our salvation, our future, our hope. If there's someone here who is today just gripped by the reality that Jesus has come for them, that they just pray with me and say, Lord, I get it. And today, on this Christmas Day, 2011, I just turn from myself and my sin, from doing my own way, and I turn to your Son. Lord, I thank you for the gift of salvation, that Jesus paid it all, that my sin has been taken from me as far as the east is from the west. I am forgiven and I am new. And I can experience your joy, peace, and hope as I yield to your reign in my life. I am filled with your presence. Lord, may that be the reality for all of us, both this day and for all the days to come. And we worship you and praise you in Jesus.